20 minutes a day, 365 days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. What's going on, Packer fans? Happy game day. Welcome into an all new episode of the Pack a Day Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Herman. You can follow me on Twitter at Andy Herman NFL. Hope this game day finds you well. Hopefully it finds the Packers even better. Today we're going to go over our keys to victory. Obviously this is a huge game for Green Bay. For those of you who are still interested in playoff odds, Green Bay going into this game has just about a coin flip's chance of making the playoffs, depending on which site you use. They're right around 50%. New York Times has them, as I checked it today, at 49%. Obviously, like I said, right around 50-50 coin flip one way or the other. If they win this game, they go up to 64%, so definitely helpful. However, if they lose this game, they go down to a 26% chance of making the playoffs. So if you are in the camp of uh, wanting this team to still make that run into the postseason, this game is obviously critical. Again, doesn't jump their number a ton if they win, but it bottoms it out a ton if they lose. Now, I will still argue whether you are on the playoff bandwagon or whether you are on the wanting a better draft pick bandwagon or anything in between, progress is still the name of the game for this team. You want to see improvement. And I think the big question here is, can they bounce back from an extremely disappointing performance against the New York Giants on Monday Night Football? A shorter week because of that might be the best thing for this team just to kind of get back on the horse and see what they can ultimately do and hopefully just get back to playing the brand of football that they were in the few weeks prior to that Giants game. But what we want to see from this game, one way or the other, is progress. Another step in the right direction and hopefully a team that looks looks a lot more similar to the team that beat the Chargers, beat, and I know it's just the Chargers and it looks even worse now, but beat the Chargers, beat the Lions, and beat the Chiefs in back-to-back-to-back games, and not the team that looked nothing like those previous few games against the Giants this past Monday. Now, injuries are going to be a key in this one. Full transparency, I am recording this on Friday morning, so I don't have the full injury report as of yet. Going to be out of pocket for the next couple days. That's why I had to do it a little bit early and again, don't have that full injury report, but Packers on the injury report that are going to be worth monitoring. And again, you may have some updated information uh, as you're listening to this, Uh, but as I'm recording this, AJ Dillon, Elton Jenkins, Aaron Jones, Jair Alexander, Darnell Savage, Eric Stokes, Quay Walker, Christian Watson, and Dontavian Wicks all are going to be worth monitoring to see, A, can they play, and B, if they do play, what kind of impact can they actually have? Christian Watson seems to be the least likely of that entire group to play this weekend. A.J. Dillon has the broken thumb. We just don't know where that's going to ultimately play out and, and like which guys, again, are going to be able to play. At least I don't know that as of recording this, but all of them are going to be worth monitoring, and we'll know probably as this weekend goes on, get some more injury updates, get the final injury report, and then finally get the inactives an hour and a half before game time. But Packers injuries going to be a key in this one. For the Buccaneers, Carlton Davis, Chris Godwin, Ryan Neal, Vita Vea, all worth monitoring as well. Vita Vea, Chris Godwin, Carlton Davis, all vital to that Tampa Bay team. Those are very important players, and if they don't have them in some capacity, would be a huge detriment to Tampa and a huge opportunity for Green Bay to take advantage of some of those absences. Despite not knowing the full injury report ahead of time, there are still keys to the game that I want to go over, and I want to go over my top 12 keys to the game that I think are very much going to decide the outcome, just as we usually do every single week. Number one on my list is the Packers' level of focus and intensity. We've seen two very different Packers teams throughout the course of this season. We've seen a team that, against some bad teams, can put up some really bad performances and lose those games. We've seen games that 
have gone a little bit up and down like Falcons and Saints where they blew it at the end against the Falcons and somehow found a way to come away with a win against the Saints. We've seen teams against really good teams that like the Lions and the Chiefs that were victories in a game against the Giants that was abysmal. Same thing with the Broncos and the Raiders. You just don't know which Packer team's going to show up on any given Sunday, Monday, Thursday, whenever they're playing. And I want to see this team play their best brand of football possible. And I'm not saying that it has to be 100% perfect, but I want to see them bounce back. I want to see them have that level of focus and intensity. If they do, there's zero doubt in my mind, even with the injuries, that they go into this game, their favorites, and that they win against Tampa Bay. And they continue their march towards a potential playoff berth if they can finish out the season strong. If they do not play with that focus and intensity, they will lose this game. They have lost to worse teams than Tampa by playing that style of football. This is up to Green Bay. And we are in an era, especially with like the middle, like 26 teams. There's a couple at the top, a couple at the bottom, but like almost everyone else is in the era where if you play well, you're going to win. And if you play poorly, you're going to lose almost every week. It is more important now more than ever of like what you're doing to control your own fate because it's just a... It's mediocrity all over. It is parody if you want to call it parody, whatever you want to call it, that you control your own destiny in the vast majority of games right now. And we've seen that from Green Bay all season long. This this season has almost had nothing to do with the Chiefs or the Lions. It hasn't had anything to do with the Broncos or the Raiders, the Giants, the Bears. Everything has had to do in every single game with the Green Bay Packers. I don't think you can make an argument that there's a single game in which they played well that they lost. They played well against Atlanta for three quarters, but were atrocious in the fourth quarter. I don't think there's a single game where they've played well where they've lost. I don't think there's a single game where they've played poorly and they've won. You could maybe argue New Orleans. New Orleans is probably the closest thing to going against the grain of the game, but that was because they had an epic final quarter and a half of that game and because the Saints sort of blew it as well. But outside of that, like when this team has played well, they've won. And when they have not played well, they've lost. It's kind of been as simple as that. That is not this super, like we're going to break down the numbers and number crunch and I'm going to go through the X's and O's. That's just facts of what it's been throughout the course of the season. So number one on my list is just how do the Packers show up to this game? They're focused, they're intense, and they play their style of football. They're going to win. If they don't, they're probably going to lose. Simple, easy, but ultimately true. Number two, Jordan Love. And I want to see him play with better footwork and better fundamentals in this game. When he is, when he's in rhythm, he looks really freaking good. This has also been the story of the season, very similarly for Jordan as kind of the Packers. When he shows up focused and playing again with those fundamentals, he looks awesome. And I mentioned this earlier this week, and I forget, I think it was maybe Dominique Foxworth, but yeah, yeah, he has a superpower that sometimes he can play off platform, but that should not be the status quo. It's like, again, I'll make the lame analogy or whatever, but yeah, it's great that Superman has laser vision, but if he just needs to save a cat out of a tree, you don't necessarily need to use it in that situation. You can just go up, get him and come back down and you don't have to have any like potential catastrophic injury. I think actually the initial analogy was like, if aliens are invading and you have to use a bunch of your superpowers and there's a couple casualties along the way, that's like, it's understandable. That's going to happen. But if you're saving a cat out of a tree and you have casualties, that is not acceptable. And it's just kind of like with Jordan, you have to know the right time and the place to use those superpowers on early downs and in obvious situations where you're, um, sorry, in early downs and just simple situations, you need to just kind of go about your day, 
Use your fundamentals, go through your reads, take your checkdowns when you need to, and don't try to play like Superman. It doesn't have to be fadeaway, you know, passes, doesn't have to be no look, doesn't have to be anything crazy. Just play quarterback the way that it's meant to be played. Now, on some third and fourth downs late in the game, you need to make something magical happen. If you need to go a little bit more off script, try to make something crazy happen, I get it. I'm willing to give a little bit more accident forgiveness in those situations. But on just normal run-of-the-mill plays, play within yourself, play with good footwork, play with good fundamentals, play in rhythm, make the throws you're supposed to throw, and let the offense do the, the rest of the offense do the heavy lifting. That's what it's set up for. And that's what has the potential to make him special if he does that. When he gets a little bit more like, hey, I'm going to go out and make some crazy play and I'm going to throw off the back of my foot and get out of the pocket when I don't need to, that's when things start going wrong. And we saw that this past week against New York. So I want to see Jordan just play with better fundamentals, better footwork, and not just for this game, but continue to make that progress moving forward. Number three, who steps up as a playmaker? Again, as I'm recording this, don't know 100% if Jaden Reed Christian Watson, Dontavian Wicks, Aaron Jones, any of these guys are going to play in this game. AJ Dillon, my guess is Watson doesn't. It looks like Reed will. Wicks might be a little bit more questionable. Maybe Jones, I think, probably plays at least a little bit in this game, but who ultimately steps up and takes on that mantle of playmaker? It was one of the big things you could tell was missing in that game against the Giants. Jane Reed made a couple plays, Wicks made a couple plays, but they were missing those explosive plays. And I'm just going to combine this with number four is can Green Bay generate those explosive plays? It is so hard in the NFL to go 75, 80 yards and score points. It just is, especially when you're missing so many players. They're going to need to find a way to generate those big explosive plays. And if they can't, it's going to make for a really long day at the office. You're going to have to either either grind out a game that way, or you're going to have to find a way to generate those explosives because you know, if they can get those, they're obviously going to be put in a much more advantageous position to score points rather than having to march all the way down the field. And with no Christian Watson in all likelihood, no Luke Musgrave, probably at least at, at best a limited Aaron Jones, somebody else is going to have to step up. Can Samore Toure make a play? Can Malik Keith make a play? Can, you know, Patrick Taylor make a play? Can Tucker Craft continue to make plays? Like those are the players and those are not necessarily players you would usually correlate with huge explosive plays, but somebody's going to have to step up and maybe it's on special teams, maybe it's on defense, but somebody's going to have to step up as a playmaker and somebody's going to have to generate some explosive plays in one of the phases, whether it's offense, defense, or special teams, if Green Bay wants to have success in this one. So you guys have probably noticed by now that the Packaday podcast is 365 days a year, and we've now been doing this for over five years. You've probably also noticed that I haven't missed too many episodes over the years, and let me tell you, that isn't by mistake. The truth is, before I started the podcast, I used to get sick way more often. I figured at the time that it was just happenstance, wrong place, wrong time, maybe ran into someone with the wrong germ, and I got sick. What the heck was I supposed to do about it? Then I had a friend recommend to me a vitamin regimen that helped my immune system, and ever since I started boost in my immune system, my instances of being sick drastically decreased. Turns out, wasn't always just happenstance after all. When I was sick, I wasn't feeling focused. I felt sluggish, and that led me to fall behind on my work and left me stressed out. Me taking vitamins helped, but then I ran into a different problem. Taking multiple vitamins every day was becoming a hassle, and I figured there had to be an easier way. That's when I started drinking AG1. When I started drinking AG1 daily, I not only continued to boost my immune system, I also had more energy and was able to replace all of my multivitamins. That's because AG1 is a foundational nutritional supplement that supports your body's universal needs like gut optimization, stress management, and immune support. Since 2010, AG1 has led the future of foundational nutrition, 
continuously refining their formula to create a smarter, better way to elevate your baseline health. Not only did I replace my multivitamin with AG1, but I love that every scoop also includes prebiotics, probiotics, and digestive enzymes for gut support. That's why I'm proud to have AG1 as a sponsor for the Packaday podcast. AG1 is the supplement that I trust to provide the support my body needs daily. If you want to take ownership of your health, it starts with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3, K2, and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com slash packaday. That's drinkag1.com slash packaday. Check it out. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's the holiday season and in our family, we're gearing up to get all of our holiday shopping completed so we can have those magical moments of giving the gifts that people are going to love and we can see the joy on their faces when they open those gifts. As a father of a six and 10 year old, those moments are magical and they mean a ton to me. Now, you and your family may have different holidays or different traditions, but one thing remains the same. You get to define how you give to yourself this holiday season and this holiday season is the perfect time to do just that. You could treat yourself to a spot day, maybe make your favorite meal for dinner, or maybe the best gift of all could be a gift of therapy. As I've talked about in the past, therapy has been a huge benefit to me in my walk in life. As much as we want to put life on cruise control and act like everything is perfect, the fact remains that life is hard and you don't have to walk that journey all by yourself. As soon as I realized that, is when my life took a turn for the better. Therapy has helped me focus, it's helped me avoid negative triggers, and it's helped me enjoy the little things in my everyday life. If you're thinking about starting therapy this holiday season, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be ultra convenient, and can be suited to your own unique schedule. In this season of giving, give yourself what you need with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash packaday to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash packaday. Hey there. I'm sure you've heard a ton about daily fantasy sports, but I'm here to tell you that you've never experienced anything quite like prize picks. With basketball season here, you can now pick combo projections across football and basketball from the Specials League, a league created specifically for combo projections that includes two or more players from different sports or leagues. For example, LeBron James plus Travis Kelsey at a 10.5 combo of three points made plus receptions. Even more fun yet? Do you want to play alongside some of Prize Picks' favorite players like rapper Meek Mill and comedian Andrew Schultz? You can now find community plays under the Promos tab of the app to view entries from some of the biggest names in the Prize Picks community each week. I've had so much fun making Prize Picks a part of my daily fantasy sports routine. They cover all of my favorite sports, have a ton of variety and different options to choose from, and the player choices are immense. I even had a fun J.K. Scott selection the other day for the Chargers game. I recently had a big win on Saturday morning in a London game, and it just made the viewing experience so much more enjoyable. It's fun, it's exciting, it's easy, and there's a level of creativity and uniqueness about it that I really, really enjoy. So go to prizepicks.com packaday and use code packaday for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepicks.com packaday using code packaday for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Number five on my list is Anders Carlson. Now, Anders has been up and down. I I don't think anyone's too upset with the overall rookie season that he's had, but in a lot of games that they've lost in by single digits, he's had a missed kick, a missed extra point that's been costly, missed field goals that have been costly. When you are with a rookie kicker and you have that and you have a team that's this inexperienced and this close to the Mendoza line of 500 and just, you know, any game could, you know, go any different direction at any moment. A missed kick can easily be the difference between a win and a loss. And maybe that's an extra point. Maybe that's a field goal, but 
a lot of these games for Green Bay are going to be one score games and any missed kick, any missed points, any missed opportunities are going to be costly. So Anders, I'm not saying he needs to be perfect the rest of the season, but you see those missed opportunities and those could be the difference between a win and a loss. I'm not saying, you know, who knows the butterfly effect that happens after last week's missed kick by Anders, but he makes that kick. They have three more points. It changes the game entirely from that point forward. Now he made some other big ones, so he made up for it a little bit, but if if he's going to be, um, you know, not the, the difference in this game in a negative way, he needs to come through clutch and make the kicks when he has the opportunity. That is another key for me in this one. Number six, from a defensive side of things, can they be better in those clutch moments and key situations? As I mentioned, these are probably going to be very close games. That's just the style of play that Green Bay has. And it's situational defense. It's coming up with big plays and big moments. Green Bay could not do that against the Giants really at any given moment. And especially at the end of the game when they had the chance to win. This team needs to be better in the clutch defensively, and they need to be better in big moments and in situational scenarios. That has been an Achilles heel of this Joe Barry defense, not just this year, but over the past few years. They cannot come up with those big plays when they need it. They need to start coming up with those plays. They need to hold you know, up their end, and they need to become a little bit more playmaking on the defensive side of the ball. That's hard when you're just trying to keep everything in front of you. I think they need to change that up a little bit. I'm not exactly expecting it at this point, but in those clutch situations and clutch moments, Green Bay's defense needs to be better. Number seven should go without saying at this point, but run defense. Rashad White's been good for Tampa. Their run offense as a whole has not been great on the season. Uh, Anyone can be great against Green Bay's rush defense. I thought Green Bay legitimately showed some signs of progress against Saquon Barkley through about three and a half quarters of that game. They looked good. They looked tighter. They looked more sound. Now, the read options, the end arounds, the scrambling by DeVito and a late run by Saquon changed a lot of the overall in, you know, optics of the run defense in that game. But if you look at the individual runs by Saquon, there was actually some pretty good stuff on tape from Green Bay. It just has to be consistent. This is not Saquon Barkley. This is Rashad White, and it has to be better. This cannot be, I keep saying it, it can't be another 200-yard game on the ground for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Can Green Bay, I don't know, maybe maybe keep them closer to around 100? Would that be a win? Maybe not give up 4.5 plus yards per carry? That seems like that would be a win. It just needs to be better from Green Bay's defense, and this cannot be a game where Rashad White just beats them and they run for another 200 yards. Number eight, Joe Barry's actually had a little bit of Baker Mayfield's number. Can he continue that? Baker Mayfield has struggled the last two Decembers in Lambeau Field as a member of the Browns and as a member of the Rams, multiple picks, multiple sacks, two losses. Can he lose for the third time in December with a third different team? I'm not saying that's a huge feather in Joe Barry's cap. It's not like Baker Mayfield is Tom Brady, but he's had a pretty decent season. He's playing some okay football. The big thing is getting him off his spot. And if he does and he starts ad-libbing, it's not too different from Jordan, where if you can kind of get him to play a little bit outside of the pocket and with not great fundamentals, he's apt to turn the ball over and you can make him make some mistakes. If he's in the pocket and playing within rhythm, looks a whole heck of a lot better. So you want chaotic Baker Mayfield. You don't want poised pocket presence Baker Mayfield. The difference between the two is striking. And the more that you can get Baker to play a little bit more chaotic, the better your chances of winning and being successful on defense are. Number nine, finish him. What I mean by that is Green Bay got a lot of pressure this past week, but they didn't finish. They didn't finish the quarterback. They didn't get the sacks. It's time to turn pressures into sacks sacks and forced fumbles, sacks and forced fumbles and fumble recoveries, whatever it might be, they need those impact plays. Pressure's great. I love pressure. Pressure forces, as I mentioned, Baker to get off his spot, play a little bit more chaotic, and hopefully good things happen when those sort of things happen. 
but you need to start finishing some of those plays because what we saw last week against Tommy DeVito was potential sacks turned into 10, 12, 15 yard, 20 yard runs. That can't happen. Now, Baker doesn't have quite the mobility that Tommy DeVito does, but it still has to be tightened up. You have to have better rush lane integrity. You got to keep them in the pocket and you have to finish those plays. Pressure's great. Sacks are better. Get the, get Baker on the ground, maybe force a fumble or two, see if you can recover one and make one of those big plays, but you've got to finish when you have the opportunity. Number 10, limit Mike Evans. Probably goes without saying, a little bit of low-hanging fruit, but he's weapon 1A for Tampa. And you've got to make sure, listen, if he gets six for 60, you're okay. Not going to kill you. But you can't have, you know, eight for 150 with two touchdowns. You got to have a plan for him. I think Green Bay's defense is probably set to limit some of the big plays and explosive plays for Mike Evans, but you got to make sure you're executing, playing the way that you're supposed to play, getting the call on the sidelines when you need to. Mike Evans can't be the guy that beats you. You got to take away always the opponent's best weapon. That's Mike Evans in this game. He cannot go off for, like I said, 150 yards and two touchdowns. Limit him as much as you possibly can. Number 11 is Matt LaFleur's play calling. I don't think Matt LaFleur had a bad game play calling this past week as Matt, uh, Mike Wall and I discussed yesterday, or excuse me, on Friday. Um, but I think there's some things that he needs to do to just kind of open up this offense a little bit more, still take some of those shots down the field. And he just, it's not even so much that he's been bad. It's just, he's he's got to like be ready and prepared for Todd Bowles. That's not been a great matchup. Todd Bowles is such a great defensive mind. Matt just has to be a step ahead. He was against Steve Spagnolo. He was two steps ahead of Steve Spagnolo. It looked like Wink Martindale might have been a step ahead of Matt LaFleur this past game. I think he needs to go back. If he can play a step or two ahead of Todd Bowles like he did against Spagnolo, Green Bay is going to be in a good spot. If it looks more like the Giants game, probably not going to be in a good spot. So this is a big game for Matt LaFleur, the play caller as well. And then last but not least, low-hanging fruit. It's not just turnovers or anything like that, but it's just which team makes more mistakes. It's funny. I was reading an article on Tampa Bay and one of their keys to the game was not making mistakes because they've been prone to do so. And then when they make mistakes, they're bad. And when they don't, they're good. And it goes for Green Bay as well. And it goes for a lot of teams in the NFL right now. But this, unfortunately, we're in the era of the NFL where it's not even so much of like who makes the most plays. It's it's who makes the fewer mistakes. Last week was a mistake fest. It wasn't even like a, a playmaking fest. It was a mistake fest. Green Bay and New York Giants just swinging away, trying to give away the game to the other team. And Green Bay did. Green Bay won. They did the better job of giving the game away. Congratulations, you win. A, you win a loss. This is this could be something similar where Tampa and Green Bay are throwing away mistakes left and right, false starts, big penalties, turnovers, fumbles for no reason, missed field goals, extra points. Who knows? Who knows what we're in for this week? But it's not necessarily the team that makes the most plays. It's the team that makes the fewer mistakes. That's the team that's probably going to win this game. Can you not shoot yourself in the foot? That's the goal. Can you just not shoot yourself in the foot? If Green Bay doesn't, probably going to win. If they do, probably going to lose. Not super X's and O's based, just very truth based. All right, those are my 12 keys to the game. The Packers level of focus and intensity. Jordan loves footwork and fundamentals. Who steps up as a playmaker? Can Green Bay generate explosive plays? Anders Carlson and his kicking. Clutch moments and key situations from the defense. Run defense on Rashad White in the Tampa Bay running game. Joe Barry versus Baker Mayfield. Finish Baker Mayfield when you get the opportunity. Limit Mike Evans. Matt LaFleur's play calling. And which team makes fewer mistakes? Low scoring game in this one is my prediction. Packers 17, Bucks 16. 
Packers get a close win by one at Lambeau Field to keep those playoff chances alive. Enjoy the game, everyone. That's going to do it for me today. Check out my post-game show tomorrow with Alex and Perry. In the meantime, make sure to check out those Pack-A-Day podcast memberships. Shout out to our Hall of Fame and All-Pro members, Most Hated Minnesotan, PJ Wynn, John Wild, Che Bradad, Arnaldo Espinosa, Jennifer Wright, Boom Handle, Lori Lord, Donald Lee, Baby QB, and MB1023. See you guys tomorrow. Enjoy the game. Until next time, and as always, especially today, Go Pack Go!